signature and restore the ancient work to its former beauty. Mr. Bowson had been reprimanded by the administration for letting such a thing happen. That day, he had sworn on oath to his secret and dark gods. One day, he would put an end to the phantom snake forever. Yet, the graffiti continued to appear. Bowson keeping one step ahead of the angry administration by erasing it quickly wherever he found it. And now, with the museum's Egyptian exhibition opening, Mr. Bowson feared greatly lest the holy relics of that high far-gone age would be a target for the depredations of the phantom snake. Not if he had anything to do with it. To be guardian over the priceless artefacts of ancient Egypt was a sacred trust. When he had removed the graffiti, Mr. Bowson roamed through the Egyptian exhibition, fondly checking each display. Papyrus scrolls, reed model boats, vases and urns, sacred scarabs and decorated amulets. Treading softly, he followed the wall of bas-relief hieroglyphics around to the sarcophagus of the boy king, Armin Rachen. Without the protection of a glass case, the figure lay in solitary splendour, its open casket decorated in now-faded colours. The whole tableau represented an inner sanctum of some pyramid tomb in the Valley of the Kings, with models of the old gods standing on the sandy floor, Set, Anubis, Horus, and Osiris, guarding the resting place. Mr. Bowson took it all in slowly, finally easing silently out to resume his duties, and to watch and wait for the phantom snake. Thomas Pecan noisily sucked the last of his milkshake through a straw, as he sat watching the citizens of Middlechester going about their daily business. Through the plate-glass café window he could see policemen, housewives, bus drivers and road sweepers, a fair cross-section of the community, carrying out their allotted chores, blissfully unaware that they were being watched by the phantom snake. He chuckled inwardly. Thomas Pecan, Phantom Snake. He was writing his own name, rearranged into an anagram for them all to see, yet they could not solve it. Sheer brilliance on his part. He had known other graffiti writers, idiots, two of them from the same form as him at school who had gone about spraying their names all over town. It amazed him how they could reach the ripe old age of thirteen and still remain such fools. They had been caught easily, and now they were feeling the wrath of parents, teachers, social workers, and even the police. But still, nobody knew who the Phantom Snake was. None of them were clever enough to realise that it was an anagram of his own name. Thomas secretly wrote the signature on the plastic counter in Biro, before climbing down from the tall stool to venture out into the drab, chilly Tuesday afternoon. He wandered about the town centre, marking each of his triumphs. His signature was on the bronze buttock of a water nymph in the precinct fountain. There was another one, right across the centre of a cough syrup advertisement, complete with a snaky moustache on the little girl whose mummy was administering the soothing dose. Then there was the one that adorned the town hall steps, a letter upon each stair, 
They had removed it twice, but he had resprayed it each time. Nobody could catch the phantom snake. Thomas had thought of cryptically changing his logo to the drawing of a snake with the letter P at its head and S at its tail. He rejected the idea. It would be lost on the stolid, unimaginative adults of Middlechester. Quietly, unobtrusively, he was sidling towards a large limousine parked outside the King's Head Hotel. It was white, pure white. Thomas looked like any enthusiastic schoolboy admiring a new Rolls-Royce. He peered in the tinted windows at the walnut dashboard and Morocco upholstery before sidling round to the offside of the bonnet. Nobody was watching. He leaned over as if inspecting the flying lady symbol on top of the radiator grill. Popping off the top of his broad red luggage marker, he executed...